1: empathy comes from experience. And if you've had the storybook smooth ride, it's really hard to develop that. empathy, yeah. right. So if you've experienced bumps, you have a lot more to share with someone than yeah. someone else who hasn't. My name is Devorah, host of the Women in Tech
0: show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. If you, too, want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com we would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right hand side and click donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey.
2: Command Line Heroes is an original, highly produced, award-winning podcast about the people who transform technology from the command line up, presented by Red Hat. And this is not a technical show. This is a show anyone can enjoy, featuring experts from across the industry. Season four is airing now, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and stick around to the end of the show to hear a sneak preview of the brand new season.
0: So I think you guys have heard me talk about a site that I recently discovered called Focusmate. It's kind of like jumping on Skype with a stranger. And really, the whole point is to set your intention of the task you want to accomplish. And the other person is on the other line and they share the task they want to accomplish. And then you work together for a 50-minute co-working session, you could go on mute, play your music, or listen to that ambient sound and um and get your task done. And then at the end of the 50 minutes, you report to one another what you got done. It's really, really cool. It definitely helps me work when I don't feel like working and it's especially good for those tasks that I just procrastinate on like crazy I, I'm not even sure why or maybe I have some ideas why but you know using focus mate to tackle that but the reason why I'm talking about it is because today I bought the pro level now I don't need the pro level the free level is you get three sessions a week for free the pro level is is ridiculously low. It's only five bucks a month. Not a big deal. But, and you get unlimited sessions. But the reason I got the pro level, even though I haven't been using it more than three times a week, is because I think it's cool and I want this company to exist. And if no one's paying them, then how are they going to exist? And five bucks is nothing. And I was thinking about how in our culture of startups, we act like things don't cost anything because we're so all about VC this and that and raising money as though raising money is the success when really you haven't even started yet It's you you have to make revenue to see if people are willing to pay for your product so I got the $5 it's so low it was like the easiest decision to make ever but my why in making the decision I thought it was a really cool moment for us all to think about like what companies do we really want to exist and are we paying for those things to exist I mean you guys this week Yahoo, okay, Yahoo. We all had Yahoo at one point. And I have like an old Yahoo account and it had emails in it that were really important to me. Yahoo randomly, no joke, deleted my entire inbox with no notification whatsoever. And I think it's because they were just acquired or something and they did um, a whole site redo. I don't know, but it's insane and they won't like restore my emails. And I even paid for their customer support. They have this customer support thing and they have all these fancy words on their homepage that say how much they care. Let me tell you how much they did not care. I don't want to get into it too much, but the point is Yahoo's free, right? Like I had it and all of a sudden they just decided to delete it because that's what was best. And that's the beauty of when you pay, like now the company is responsible to you, or at least they should be, right? But if something's free, nothing's truly free. Everything comes at a cost. And anyway, I really dig this company, Mate. I want them to exist. I'm happy to pay the five bucks a month. I think it's a ridiculously amazing deal. And um, I think we should all think about how we support the startups that we want to see existing, you know, 5, 10, 20 years from now. All right, well, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Women in Tech Podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to have been across 80 countries, over 500 women, and now we are in Lithuania. Yes. So excited for our next guest, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. So you are a New Yorker living in London in Lithuania right now. Yes. And somehow it all makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it does all make sense. So
1: tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. So I am the Director of Strategy and Co founder at a startup called VC Innovations where we like to pitch ourselves as a disruptive media startup. We work primarily across the innovation industries with a major focus in the fintech and financial services space.
0: And what
1: made you passionate about fintech in the first place or at least spark that interest? I mean, my background is in economics, but I worked for many years in financial services, took a break to have four children. And then when I came back to work, I worked for a financial services think tank that actually focused on innovation innovation before it was called fintech it was just called financial services innovation and that's where i kind of started my fintech journey
0: and okay new york london why I
1: was working at Standard & Poor's in New York doing sovereign risk analysis. Decided to take 12 months out to do a master's in economics. So came to the LSE because it was a 12-month program to do a master's, and that was 23 years ago.
0: (laughs) That was (laughs) it. You never left.
1: I I never left. And
0: London is such an interesting city, as you guys know. I was just there a few months ago. And London's always trying to be the top of innovation and technology and, and really trying to compete with Tel Aviv and Los Angeles in New York and San Francisco, it's, it's
1: interesting. How do you find the tech community in London? So speaking specifically from a fintech perspective, yeah. it is the world's leading hub for fintech, and there's a number of reasons for that. London, unlike New York or San Francisco and another of a number of other cities, everything's in London. The financial services industry is there. The, a big chunk of the tech industry is there government and regulators are there. So it's kind of it's created this unique ecosystem. Like if you want to speak to the regulator, you can just, you know, take a tube and, and have a conversation with them. It's not the same divide that you would have in the US between kind of financial services in New York, government in DC, mm. and then 50 state regulators to contend with. Interesting. So, and they also straddle, you know, a number of kind of geographical zones in terms of being financial services hub, serving Asia, serving the rest of Europe, you know, and, and doing business in, in North America.
0: And I was surprised. My first time in Vilnius was at the beginning of the year. And I was surprised that Villainous Lithuania has such a fintech hub. I wouldn't have thunk it. Were you always aware that there was a lot of fintech activity here? Did that catch you by surprise as well? Being
1: in, you know, in a fintech hub, like London or you know even more broadly across the UK you are aware of the other hubs that are developing across Europe and in the Baltics, generally, I mean, there's lots of startups, for example, that have yeah. come out of Estonia. I knew less about the Lithuanian scene, although I've learned quite a lot <laughs> in the last few days. So I've been here to speak at a conference. The FinTech Inn. Yeah, at uh, FinTech Inn. That's right. And I've, yeah, I mean, it's a really vibrant scene. And I think, you know, it's a relatively small economy, but there's a highly skilled labor force and certainly a desire on the part of the government, including the regulators, to really create mm-hmm. the conditions for fintechs to start, you know, survive and thrive.
0: It's really interesting, especially having a large conference like fintech and right here in Vilnius. So in your career, what's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome in your work? And how did you overcome it?
1: Well, I think, you know, I mean, I mentioned I took some time out to have four kids. And I think, you know, my biggest obstacle in going back to work full time was mental, you know, thinking, oh, God, I've been out of it for a few years, you know, everything's going to be so different, you know, da, 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 da. And actually that was more of a mental obstacle. I mean, obviously women face lots of different obstacles, right? You know, there's, if you have a family, there's issues around childcare and all that other stuff. But I think a lot of it is, you know, internal. So yeah, for me, you know, just kind of having that almost crisis of confidence after having been out of Mm. work for a while, but actually, you know, after week one, you know, you're just back in it. Right. What would you say is the best advice that you've gotten? The best advice I have received as a woman in tech or just... Just in business. Yeah, yeah, in general, is to just kind of be resilient, actually, you know, to have a picture in your head, think about where you're going, and that it's not always going to be straightforward. I think resilience is key. How would you guide someone to develop resiliency? a good question because this is something I think because I'm so focused on it right that I speak to my kids about and resilience is that you know if you get knocked back you know you have to find another way yes you can have some time out to go oh you know you can't curse on this can you no you can oh, you it's can. a you pod podcast <laughs> you can go like oh shit yeah. But then you've just got to kind of just gather and, and keep going. And I think resilience is not having ludicrous expectations that everything's going to be perfect. right?
0: I learned this word from a woman I interviewed last week in Kazakhstan, Laura. She's am- amazing. And she taught me this word pronoia. So, pronoia is the opposite of paranoia. Pronoia—have you heard this word? No, never. But I like that sounds of yeah, it. Yeah, and I, I posted it on Twitter and Facebook. It seems like it's a secret word that most people haven't heard of, including myself. And it means that everything that is happening is happening to benefit you. It's happening in your favor. So it, it's
1: kind of like a what doesn't kill you makes you stronger.
0: Yeah, kind of because like even if you're having a really bad day or something that seems to be super negative is taking place in the big scheme of things, it's it's playing a role for a larger purpose that is a positive. And so I think related to resiliency is sometimes we feel, I know I felt this many times is knocked down or how can I, make it through this blah that's going on. Yeah. But like I built the first action sports social network and it didn't realize the vision that I had for it. And for a long time I was really depressed. I was like, oh, I felt, I just felt like such a loser, like a failure that I, I couldn't, I, I believed in it a hundred thousand percent that it would get to where it's going with just absolute confidence. And it didn't get there. But now my company today serves people who are essentially me, like me before, so we don't have to go through their journey alone. And if I didn't have that experience and all the pain points of that experience, I wouldn't have the empathy I have today to understand truly what all the ebbs and flows are of being an entrepreneur. And so now I understand you know to an extent of like why in my perception it didn't make it other people are like it did make it you know it's like saying maybe didn't make it in
1: the way that 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 i wanted it it to make it
0: yeah and so it's just this interesting i love that you say resiliency and and i think that there's something to this word pronoia of um you know my mom always says you just need more patience she's always telling me that you just need more patience so i think maybe we all just need more patience to find out why whatever xyz is happening
1: but you know it's interesting what you say about empathy empathy comes from some experience and if you've had like the you know storybook smooth ride it's really hard to develop that empathy, yeah right so if you've experienced bumps you have a lot more to share with someone than yeah. someone else who hasn't right? Yeah. because one thing i've learned is like so you know i'm a little bit older now you know and my kids are a little bit older and often younger women will approach me and say you know how do you like Mix kids and a career and all the rest of it. And, and I would never give someone a recipe. I would never say, well, what you should do is this <laughs> because everyone's experience is so contextual. Some stuff is beyond your control, yeah. right? You'd like if you end up, you know, I'm a single mom now, it's not something you set out to do. So, right. You know, what kind of advice can you give someone? You know, I just say you have to go with what works for you, that you have to right. trust yourself. And that if things get difficult, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Totally. And usually things will will get better. Totally. <laughs> Do you have a favorite tech tool or mobile app or website? So for me, like the things that I go to all the time uber
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nobody's ever said uber i'm surprised actually. i don't have a car it's so, so true that's a I good think one i don't have a car uber super central to you and city mapper like those are oh the two things you
0: that... londoners <laughs> and city mapper okay city mapper describe
1: city mapper so city mapper tells you where you need to go either on foot and i love the fact that it'll give you like you know 20 different versions of how to get somewhere by public transport. And if you do have a car, it will give you like a, a car version. I've never looked this at This is that. in London. It tells you how to get around London. London. Yeah. And you could go on, like, if you're going with a push chair, you can choose a route. You know, you can request step free access. So, you know, it's so much better than Google Maps and Wait, you're many many missing ways. one core.
0: <laughs> do you know what I'm going to say? You're missing one core feature
1: of City Mapper. It the tells price? you, the,
0: it, no, it tells you the calories you burn depending oh, on. Oh, see,
1: I never look at that. I think this <laughs> is, I, I don't have a car, so I never think about like, am I, am I doing this to burn calories? I'm just doing this to get from A to Z. Like yeah. it tells you it'll take 20 minutes to walk. 22 minutes by public transportation you're like okay well i'll walk
0: yeah 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 so
1: for me it's not so much a calorie thing it's just to get from a to b
0: it's so so funny my phone for whatever reason so i have an american phone and i have american phone plan and so my dad is sometimes slow and City Mapper wasn't working great for me. Google Maps was working a lot better. And all my London friends are all like, "No, no, no! no. You have to install City Mapper." I'm like, "It's installed. I just don't use it." What do you mean you don't use it? It's it was so like better. I was committing a crime <laughs> that I was still using Google Maps in London. It was so funny. You still
1: need Google Maps because City Mapper doesn't like, for example, it doesn't work in Vilnius. Right, right. It only right, works right. in cities that are included. So you always have to have your Google yeah. Maps. And if you're in like the middle of nowhere, you need to use Google Maps because City map or just won't get you now, listen, there. in the middle of nowhere, even Google Maps, <laughs> when I
0: was in Indonesia, I had a Google map something and it would take me or attempt to take me through like a remote field where I just simply could not get to the other <laughs> side. And I'm like, Spree, you have to like be human in, the, <laughs> in this experience yes. and use your own like mental judgment and not rely on your North, phone. south, Yeah. East. <laughs> so funny. What guidance or advice would you give someone who's just starting out in the fantastic? tech world that maybe wants to follow in your footsteps.
3: In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it. But have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices? What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. I'm Saranyat Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding.
2: Season four is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: guidance or advice would you give someone who's just starting out in the fintech world that maybe wants to follow in your footsteps yeah i think
1: just talk to people and learn and and listen and for me because i come from a financial services background some people come into it from you know a purely tech side and they're like yeah i can do this i'll use tech and i'll do it so much better But I think you have to understand your industry, right? Whether that's financial services or, you know, the same would be true if you were going into retail or health. And I think, you know, there can be an arrogance to tech. Like, I can just solve this problem. But I think domain expertise, domain knowledge is crucial. Learn the regulation because eventually it will come and hit you in the ass if you don't. And just listen to people who have been in the industry for a long time. You may want to do things differently, which is the whole point. But, uh, you know, take some time to learn from people who have been in the industry for a long time, you know, kind of learn who the key stakeholders are, learn how the industry works, and then you can come in and probably solve problems much better.
0: And what insights would you give someone, an American specifically, looking to move from America, and let's just say to London?
1: What's a couple of things you wish you knew that you know now? <laughs> Gosh, that's such a, I was just telling someone yesterday at FinTech Inn. That when you first get to London, you're like, okay, well, you know, things look a little bit different, but, you know, we all speak English. It's not that much of a difference. And someone told me years ago, you'll think that in the first year and then you'll be here for a few years and you'll think, actually, this place doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So, you know, like anywhere, you kind of have to take the time to figure out how things work, Mm -hmm. right? like what the drivers are. You know, what the kind of key people that you need to know are. So sometimes, you know, if you come as an English speaker, you think, yeah, no, it's all the same. I got it sorted. It's not the same. It's like if you go to any other country, you know, you mentioned Indonesia. If you go to yeah. Indonesia. You need to learn the lay of the land. Yeah. And I think the same is true if you're coming to set up in London or if you're coming to set up in Vilnius, wherever you go. Take some time and like, you know, do your research.
0: And it's also the culture of communication. Yeah. For instance, even tonight, I was calling a person by a nickname and I meant like no harm in it. And it was I was calling another American by a nickname. And one of my friends didn't know if I was being insulting. And and I wasn't, but I stopped with the nickname because I understood that they were just being respectful to their friend, you know, and it was interesting i was like oh wow like in another culture you don't even know when you're joking
1: yeah Yeah. i mean that's the thing about you know some things just don't translate from one to the other yeah it's like you said sometimes you just have to take the time listen and learn yeah you're going to make mistakes just like if you encounter someone who's from somewhere else in london or wherever you know in the u.s you know some of the things they say might be clunky or just seem a bit "Mm -mm." yeah but you know you probably have a certain sympathy with them right yeah So it's just take the time, listen, learn. Don't just go in like I know how to do yeah. everything better because yeah. where I come from, we do it like this. Yeah, and I think that's true. You know, if you're going to London or wherever you're going, take some time, listen, and learn.
0: It's funny tonight. One of the Lithuanians was saying he lived in San Francisco for three years, and he said the first advice he got from a venture capitalist when he got to San Francisco, he said, "Don't ask for permission; ask for forgiveness." Yeah, like yeah. that's such an American way of yeah. doing things, you know. And so, like when I was in England a few months ago, I had to learn the dynamics of it was hard. Yeah, because it, it, it was really like hard. It should be
1: easy. But then after a while, you realize, okay, well, it's just a little bit different. Like yeah. the way they communicate, the way you ask questions. Yeah, you know, it's it's just a little bit different. And you still have to be like your authentic self. And most people will be fine with that. But You know, my thing is always just take a little time to, like, stand back, listen, and learn. Yeah. And that serves you well in the long run. Definitely.
0: Well, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything you wanted to share that we haven't
1: come across? No, just that, you know, it's been fantastic to, you know, one thing I actually, because I was doing a speech at the conference yesterday, and I think, you know, this is... A lesson for most women and and you know just put yourself out there I hate public speaking but you just like put yourself out there and I think the rewards come and I think that's one thing that you know not all women obviously some are like bam they're out there but a lot of women I encounter just unwilling to do that are afraid to do that so I would just say put yourself out there and what was the topic of your speech Fintech and aging. Nice. (laughs) Where can people connect with you online? Uh, They can find me at VC Innovations. They can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Twitter. And can you spell your name for everybody, like your handle or your LinkedIn? Yep. So my LinkedIn is just Lisa Moyle at at VC Innovations. I think my Twitter, because I haven't. And it's M-O-Y-L-E. It's M-O-Y-L-E, first name Lisa, L-I-S-A. You'll find me. Perfect. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech
0: podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate, with more incredible women in tech around the world remember to go to the women in tech facebook group at women in tech vip.com that's women in tech vip.com we'll take you straight there say hello on social at women in tech show on twitter on instagram on facebook i will see you guys
1: talk to you guys hear you guys in the next episode bye bye Hi, this is Lisa Moyle. I'm co-founder and director of strategy at VC Innovations based out of London, England. We are a disruptive media startup working across the innovation industries, primarily in financial services and fintech. And you're listening to Women in Tech.
2: I'd like to tell you about an all new season of Command Line Heroes, a podcast presented by Red Hat. No one ever said hardware was easy. In season four, Command Line Heroes is telling seven special stories about people and teams who dared to change the rules of hardware, and in the process, changed how we all interact with technology.
3: In the world of modern technology, we open our laptops, scroll endlessly on our smartphones, send tons of data to the cloud, and we don't think twice about it, but... Have you ever wondered how we got to now with our personal devices and what it took to get here? There was
2: this blue box on a table and he said, well, here it is. I said, well, what is it? He said, it's a microcomputer.
3: What it took were teams of engineers and programmers who had the vision and audacity to build new machines. These machines, they revolutionized our lives and blew the doors open to what was possible.
2: How many people here had a computer versus how many people intended to get one? Only one or two people actually had them. And they would bring them to the club meeting. What are you going to do with it? And nobody had an
3: answer. The key thing about timesharing was that the computer needed some
1: way of being able to sort of stop its own clock.
2: The uh, creators of the floppy drives are not household names by any means. If it wasn't for that,
3: PCs would have been adopted much more slowly. This January 28th, we launched Season 4 of Command Line Heroes, an original podcast for Red Hat. And this season, it's all about the hardware. We'll hear the stories behind some iconic machines and the people who dared to create them. I was the kid that always took things apart, took my older sister's toys apart. This is just another bag on the side of the eclipse, a skin job. Nope, this is a whole new machine. The process of passing
2: the tapes around and encouraging and building upon each other's results is really what made the personal computer industry.
3: We're exploring mini computers, mainframes, the first personal computers, floppies, early smartphones, and game consoles. And we're also going to hear how the community ethos that drove those early hardware heroes to build those machines still exists today in the open source hardware movement. The values of sharing are still there.
1: I mean, it's in the entire open source community.
2: The machine, in a way, was kind of a bit character. It was the people who were the real guts of what it was about.
3: I'm Saranya Barak. Join me for an incredible new season of the podcast. And keep on coding. So thank you, and uh, eat your sandwiches.
2: Season 4 is airing now. Subscribe to Command Line Heroes today, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo.
2: Edited by Adam Carroll.
0: And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.